This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast, the, the preview show. Uh, another double header game week uh, and another chance and an excuse from uh, Darren Moore. Um, first of all, we've got a trip to uh, Cheltenham, uh, not for the horse racing. Uh, we've got Cheltenham Town on uh, on Saturday in what is, as long as my re- research is correct, uh, the first meeting between the two sides in history. Correct me if I'm, uh, if I'm wrong. Um, and then we follow that up on Tuesday night with the rescheduled home fixture against Sunderland. In contrast, that'll be the 124th meeting between us and Sunderland. Uh, the Mackham's just ed- edging it um, 48 wins to our 47. Now, we're four games unbeaten off the back of three consecutive draws uh, and in desperate need of three points uh, to bridge that gap uh, to the top six. Um, now, it won't be a preview without any guests. And tonight, I'm joined by Ben Nichols, uh, a lifelong Cheltenham fan um, and from the Up the Duff blog. What a name, by the way, for a blog. Um, ben, are you all right, mate? Good, mate. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm glad to hear you like the name. It's probably our only good selling point, can't I? <laughs> no problem. And we're also joined by Graham from the What the Folk podcast. Uh, you're right, mate. You're right, Graham? Yeah, not too bad. I've had time to sort of relax and recuperate from um, an unfortunate defeat on Saturday, which I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into. But I'm not too bad in general, mate. Yes, I'm very well. Good stuff. Cheers, Graham. Well, um, now, Ben, I'll, I'll start with uh, I'll start with you uh, with yourself. It does make sense since we play you you guys on uh, on Saturday. Um, now you you came up as champions last season from League Two. Um, how have you found life in in League One? Because it went you know long since that you were you were in the conference, was it? Uh, yeah, you look back five years and we were relegated and we had to. It was it was a big thing getting promoted back to the football league first time because otherwise we'd be closing our academy and in danger of basically ending up not quite with a club. But it was a, to, to go from that and then to go to winning the league title under Michael Duff so quickly, it was just absolutely brilliant. And I wasn't old enough to remember last time we are in League One. But the fact that we're doing this without any real expectations and just enjoying every game as it comes, it's, it's just really good for the whole fan base, I think. I mean, obviously, you know, last season, we didn't get a chance to, to watch, uh, you know, at all, really. Um, I mean... Did you exceed your expectations in winning the league last season or was that something that, you know, as a fan base you, you kind of expected? Um, well, 
pre-Duff, we just we were we thought we'd be in for just relegation battles. He's come in and he's gotten us to the playoffs. We went out in that horrible game to Northampton. But from out of nowhere, the expectation was we're going up, we're going up automatically. And towards the end of the season, it was if we don't win the league, we're all going to be quite disappointed. Luckily, really big game away at Cambridge, we won. Lost a few we shouldn't have lost, but I think we ended up with the lowest point tally to win the league in a decade when you take COVID out of it. But league titles are league title. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, um, you know, you've mentioned him there, Michael Duff. Uh, I mean, obviously, his first managerial job, um, but is he is he a bit of a? I've look, I was looking. Is, is he a bit of a Cheltenham legend? He's played about three hundred games for for you. So, uh, what what were it like when you when you appointed him? Were it a bit like mm, not too sure, or or were you, you know, what was it like when you when you when you when you appointed him? It was a case of oh my, the club loves us and we love the club. All of a sudden, it wasn't a very good time, and no one really enjoyed the football. As soon as he came in, it's like he came into our club around 1718. He won the FA Trophy, he won this, what is now the National League South and the Conference, and then the playoffs up to League One. He is without doubt the biggest club legend that Cheltenham have. And we all knew that he'd be a good coach because he'd done stuff with Burnley and yeah. Dyche and they're under 23s. And it took him a while to win, but he's. He is possibly one of our greatest ever managers now as well. Well, that's that's some that's some accolade to uh, to have. Mm. Now I'm just want to get onto the onto your form. So um, your previous game, um, a three two defeat away at, away at Doncaster. Just want to talk us through that one because you know you were three 0 down three 0 down by half time, was it? Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the game because we went to have a futsal game against Plymouth, where they backed out of it. From what I've heard and seen, it was our worst performance of the season. Everyone just seemed a bit helpless on the pitch. Passes were going all over the place and everyone just looked lost. Uh, at the back at the moment, we normally play our back three and then two wing backs. That's how we won the league. But we lost Toza to Wrexham and Boyle's been injured pretty much non-stop for the past few months. So we've had to change the system, change how we play. We've lost three best players. So it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, so you mentioned they'd like changing the system. Is that is that was that literally just for for Saturday, or have you have you tried to kind of play play the same system throughout the throughout the season, like in, in a continuation from last season? Then, uh, yeah, we what we wanted was our back three with wing backs, but we just haven't been able to do it recently. We've been forced into the change, and sometimes it worked. Like with our three-one win against Morecambe, we were really good. We just couldn't find the net until the last twenty or so minutes. But other clubs, we when we play a club which is much bigger than us we just don't seem to be able to do anything and Doncaster is generally the first time we played a club near us near yeah. us in the table and looked lost yeah well looking at that that you know you've uh suffered uh suffered a few defeats and it's fair to say that your form's been up and down of uh of late and you know your last five yeah. three defeats two wins you know you sit 13th in the league you know six points off the off the playoff off, off the playoffs i mean it is quite congested in that uh mid-table um you know there's, there's a group of group of clubs all you know all within a couple of points of each other i mean what were your expectations going into this season obviously yeah coming up as champions out of, out of league two what what were you were you just happy to stay in this division or what were your aspirations oh well i won't lie we had a lot of people saying that uh the last relegation spot would be pretty good for us as long as we don't finish the you know, bottom few but we were all thinking, we've got Duff, we're not going to ship goals, he's not going to let that happen, we'll be safe. But as the season's gone on and we picked up wins against Ipswich and Charlton and 
Oxford. Like after the Charlton game, we beat them 2-1 away and someone starts singing E-I-E-I-E-I-O and everyone just joins in. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're somehow hovering near the playoff sometimes. But I mean, we know we're not going to get playoffs, but like we can dream. And I don't think relegation's a threat for us anymore. Yeah, it's... Um... That's good. Obviously, you must be delighted with the start you've made this, this season. Then, but I mean, in terms of like players that we that we need to look out for. I mean, and just before you, you answer that, I mean, in terms of the the squad that you had last season, have you managed to keep many of those those players, or have you have you brought quite a few in? How you know is the has the squad changed much since um, you know since that title win last year? Uh, I'll say all our changes that we've had to make have been forced pretty much. Okay. So our go- our goalkeeper last season was Josh Griffiths, who we had on loan from West Brom. He is the man that conceded the world record for the longest ever goal. And he was he was a solid goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. But he's gone to, he's gone to Lincoln. So we brought in someone we had a couple of seasons ago, Owen Evans, and we thought this is going to be a really good signing. Didn't work out. So we've got Scott Flinders, who we had when we were still battling relegation. He got released, I think, by Hartlepool in the National League or something, or it was Macclesfield. But somehow he's ended up as a good, solid goalkeeper. We've kept the likes of Liam Serkham, Chapman, Hussey, Sean Long, Will Boyle when he's fit, and Matty Blair. So we've got most of our defensive players still. I think Matty Pollock is just insane signing. I don't know where Duff pulls these, pulls these out, but like... He's managing it, and he's. I think it's his signings that are keeping us up because we 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 picked up a championship standing uh, standard player in Crowley who was released by Birmingham. He's you you you'll you'll know who he is because he'll do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of turns and skills, and as soon as he gets near the box, he'll just put it backwards. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought you were going to uh, tell me that he's going to put it in the top in the top corner like that. <laughs> I wasn't he's really expecting that. He's frustrating. Oh right, yeah, yeah, a bit like uh, a bit like Barry Bannon for uh, for us. He's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. always with the sideways pass and, and what have you. I mean, you, you t- touched on um, like the, the style of play um, a, a little bit there. I mean, what, how would you describe the way that uh, that Cheltenham play? Uh, the way we like to play is play it out from the goalkeeper, play it around you either get down the wing and cross it in or just get that one ball straight down the middle and just split you. So I think when we played Bristol Rovers in the FL Cup, it was goalkeeper, fullback, striker, goal. So we do kind of try to do that. But a lot of our play, especially recently, has been just passing it around the other team like they're not there, getting it in the position and then somehow just not scoring. Yeah, I mean, you, so you, 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 you mentioned um, you know when you come up against the... The bigger clubs now, obviously, no dis- no disrespect to, to Cheltenham, but you know you probably class Sheffield Wednesday as one of those bigger clubs. I yeah. mean, w- would you say that you you play differently when you when you come up against us, or, or do you still try and play the same the same style of football? We try play the same, but against these bigger clubs, we just can't. I remember Sunderland away, that long journey. Yeah, Graham, Graham said to me, "I'll not mention the uh, the Sunderland uh, Cheltenham game." <laughs> <laughs> I thought I should bring it up because it's it's the prime example of we clearly tried to play our game. We just had no chance of doing it. We were just outclassed against a team that really shouldn't be in League One. But yeah, I mean, we played Charlton and Ipswich expecting the same and we've gone and we've pulled out 2-1 wins because we've just stuck to our game and those two have let them. Like If you let us play our game, you're going to struggle. If you get on it from the start and stop us passing, stop us getting the ball where we want, you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how are the how are the fans reacting so far this season? Then I'm I'm guessing from what you've what you've said when you when you opened and said that you know everyone's just loving life at the moment. I'm guessing everything's quite positive in Cheltenham. 
Yeah, it's a very positive atmosphere. I'd say it's somehow more positive than last season because we've taken away the pressure of going for a promotion and going for the title. And we just enjoy each game as it comes. Obviously, if we start going on a really bad run of form and losing every game, it's going to change. If we keep just picking up these odd wins against big clubs and then cementing them with the wins against the small ones like Accrington and Morecambe, we're, we're going to be absolutely fine. Like the points tally we're going for is probably around 50 to 55 and we're on track for that. And we are possibly, I say probably, going to get our highest ever finish and everyone knows and appreciates the challenge. But they also see what we're doing and see how well we're doing and be like, yeah, this is this is my club and I love it. Yeah, I mean, who, who are the players that we need to uh, that we need to be looking out for then? I'd say look out for Chris Hussey. He's got the best left foot in the league. I know you might not agree with that, but <laughs> his left foot put us into this league, so we're quite happy with him. Look out for Crowley, like I said. You'll know who he is. And hopefully, with a little bit of work on his end product, we're going to get a few goals over the season. But he will just dribble past five of you like you're not even there and then just do the wrong thing, which is incredibly <laughs> annoying. Matty Pollock, he's another one. He's, I think he's... He might be younger than me, but he's twice the size and he has achieved more than I ever will. And Kyle Joseph up front, you'll just find the net out of nowhere. He did it twice against Morecambe. So I guess those are our main ones. And the annoying thing is two of them are lone players. Yeah, um, well, it sounds like, uh, like I said, stark contrast to uh, to us so far this season who... Uh, yeah, we've been booing. Um, I say we, not not myself. I'm, I'm not one to not one to boo the manager and what have you. But yeah, we've uh, even though we've not lost in four, there's there's been boos ringing out, uh, and we we currently sit ninth in the in the table. So it just shows you the uh, like the difference in in expectation between the uh, between the, like the two clubs. Um, yeah. I mean, before before we move on to uh, to Graham and, and to talk about the Sunderland game, um, I just want to just want a score prediction from you, Ben, if uh, if we can. Oh, well, looking at the table, the only way we can overtake you is to win 10-0. I don't, <laughs> don't think that's quite going to happen. Well, you um, never know. You never know. What we're going to hope for is another 2-1 win against a club a bit bigger than us. But when we do it at home, we're fine. It's just going away to your places, which we seem to struggle with. So so you're going for a 2 Is that 2-1 win for you then, is it? I reckon I've got to be confident and say 2-1 win, but I just know the result's going to be 2-1 either way. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, um, I'll, t- I'll tell you now, if, if we score first, I think we, were, we talked about this on uh, on yesterday's show, um, if you score first, then we're not, uh, we've, we've not come from behind to win away from home since 2016. So, um, yeah, score oh, first and you'll at least get a point anyway. That's decent then. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ben, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much for that. Obviously, good luck for uh, for Saturday, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, you don't come away too happy. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> Cotswolds. Cheers, Ben. Well, Cheers. Now, I, I hope you enjoy your trip to the Cotswolds. <laughs> I'm Leave sure. The we, points with us. Oh, f- fingers, fingers crossed. We come away. Um, yeah, with the th- with the three points. But yeah. Cheers, Ben. Thank you very much for that. Cheers. See you later. Now, just yeah. Now, I just want to bring um, Graham um, on from What the Folk podcast. Graham, mate, how are you? You're all right. Yeah, like I say, mate, very well. Um, I'm sure we'll get further into it, but the mood on, on from a Sunderland perspective has been all right this season, despite Saturday's result. But yeah, not too bad, mate. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I just want to start off by saying um, when we got relegated into into League One, everyone always says we don't want to do a Sunderland because it's, <laughs> it's now your it's now your fourth season. In League One, yeah. going back to that that time when you did get relegated, um, 
is it is it harder than you thought? Because obviously Sunderland, a big, arguably probably a bit bigger than Sheffield Wednesday in terms of stature and what have you, and you know your fan base and what have you. Or you could say quite similar. Um, yeah, was it was it harder than you than you thought? I think, um, yes and no. In ways, I I don't think anyone came down and thought we would pace the league. I think a lot of people had this opinion that we might do that, but that was never really the opinion. In a sense, it was like we thought, well, if we can sign well and if we can sort of blood some youngsters and reset a little bit, um, then we could get out of it and, and we should be aiming to get at least automatic promotion, if not you know, win the league if we can. I think the problem we had, and I think it's been well documented by a, a certain streaming platform um, by the name yeah. of Netflix, um, they, we, we were took over by two men. Uh, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven, who made all the right sounds, but very, very quickly it became quite obvious that they weren't the people to take us forward. And I think um, Ellis Short, the previous chairman, as much as he had a lot of issues, and people might disagree with me on this, I think his heart in most of the time was in the right place. Um, he just appointed business people to make football decisions. I can kind of not overlook it because it's still my club, but I can understand it more, I think. Stuart and Charlie came in and, in my personal opinion, came in to try and make quick book, turn us over and, and make a bit of money. And if they've done that, that's fine, but it's a lot harder than just turning up and going, oh, well, that's Sunderland. We're going to win, win the league and it'll be fine. Um, and, and I think, and there'll be people that disagree with me on this and people that agree, I think we made the wrong appointment in Jack Ross, and I said that pretty early doors. Um, I, I think, and I mean this with the best possible um, intentions, the league's rubbish. It's a really poor league. Um, it gets stronger teams in it, and yet somehow the likes of Ipswich and whatnot still don't seem to do that much and, and do a bit of a something because Ipswich are on the verge of doing the same as us. But the yeah. problem is we're part of that rubbish, or we have been for a long time, and we've signed the wrong players. We've we've brought in the wrong kind of mentality. We've brought in... We've had players that are just not quite good enough. We've had poor recruitment windows. I'm saying, you know, recruitment... All I've got to say about recruitment without going on to it is just watch the episode with Will Grigg and you'll see <laughs> what the plan was. Um, there wasn't really one. It was just like, well, if you chuck enough, you know, shit at a wall, some of it might stick and unfortunately not much of it did. Yeah, to be, to um, be fair, we, we, we kind of feel like the same a little bit. Signed 14 players so far this season and I can go six of those alone signings and we were, we were talking yesterday about... Um, sending them all back to be fair so do you know what I mean like already that's that's nearly that's nearly 50% of them that, that we don't think are, are good enough so yeah I, when I, we I totally first came you... down we, we took Chris Maguire and, and Glenn Leuvens from yourselves and obviously Chris Maguire um, I, I, I love Chris Maguire for yeah. very different reasons to what <laughs> maybe other people don't total shit house I love that he I think he did a good job for us but ultimately he, he wasn't consistent enough every single game and, and Glenn Leuvens well yeah, you know, he was finished. His legs, um, yeah, his legs had gone on there, to be fair. Oh, completely, mate. I think he had the, he had the, the turning point of a World War II tanker, you know what I mean? He was he was just not quite there and, and there was too many of those signings and when I look back at the players we signed when we first came down, I could be wrong here, but off the top of my head, I think one of them you could say worked out and that's Maguire. The rest, the rest really didn't, but I'm sure we'll go on to it. There's obviously a bit of a different feeling this season and that, what I've just explained there, probably feeding into it. Yeah, I mean, you've had quite a few managers as well during those these four seasons, and you've you've now settled on on Lee Johnson. Um, when you appointed him, what what was your? I mean, when was it when you appointed him? Was it back end of last season? Was it or 
last December. Yeah. Um, what, what, I mean, what was the, what was the general like feeling when you when you appointed him, thinking is is he the one, or were it a bit mixed? Quite happy, I think. Um, we were we were quite close to bringing back uh, Gustavo Poyet, and without going into detail, obviously things happened and, and that didn't work out. And I think there was a lot of because obviously Poyet had the the great escape with us, took us to Wembley and and, and beat Newcastle a couple of times, and we beat Man United, Chelsea, and all that under him. So it was a good experience under Poyet. Obviously, it went sour. That's why he's no longer here. But um, there was a bit of excitement around that, and then it, it looked like it was going to happen, and it didn't. And then and I mean, it really looked nailed on, and then out of nowhere, it was between Cowley and Johnson. And I think, I think more Sunderland fans said, you know where we're at, like that, that's probably quite good. They've both come down from the championship. The last job was, well, Cowley was Huddersfield and I think he did really well to keep them up. Whereas Bristol City were always there where they were about yeah, to the playoffs, were, yeah. but not quite getting there. So I think people were quite happy with them. Um, it's, it's to and fro a little bit, especially last season, because we had a great run and a bad run. And I think he's known as Strictly Johnson, but um, th- this season he's, he's, he's been fine. And I, I think, most people are on board with it now. Yeah, I mean, are, are things now looking up a little bit for for Sunderland? You've you've already you know, alluded to the fact that it. I'm, I'm guessing the answer is going to be yeah. Uh, obviously, there's been there's been another takeover, haven't they? Fairly fairly recently, and yeah, I think things going in the right direction now. It feels like that, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're coming in off the back of a defeated chart, which was disappointing, um, and it was a poor performance and. Portsmouth beat us 4-0 a few weeks ago in, in a swimming bath, so I can kind of put that one to one side. <laughs> yeah, those conditions, mate, they looked absolutely terrible, by the way. <laughs> they were horrendous. How the game um, didn't get called off, I have no idea. I think there was there was another one a couple of weeks ago, when they, was that Plymouth? Bolton? Yeah, Bolton-Plymouth, that was yeah. equally as bad, but yeah. Horrendous. But um, the games that we have lost, you know, I think everyone's quite realistic that um, we're going to lose games at you know, League One team at the end of the day, no matter what, but... A lot of the, without going too in depth, a lot of the difference has been with, with the new ownership. I think we were a little bit scarred. So me personally, I was I was quite skeptical of anyone coming in. Um, as long as they're not Saudis, I'm you know I'm skeptical as opposed to because um, yeah. I want Saudis. Obviously, <laughs> um, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> no, not, not not my kind of thing. Um, but Dreyfus, you know, the new chairman, he's 23, 24, but he's he's life's been football with Marseille, who are not a bad football club historically, are they? So. Um, and he, he's implemented plans that have been quite good and, and we've bought a bunch of players this year going back to season one, season two, season three where we've signed a load of crap in, in most of circumstances this season we brought in players that are young, hungry, talented maybe you know that haven't got a chance at like Spurs or, or Leeds but are not, not wanted by them just these lads want to play football and I'm trying to think if we've made a sign-in so far it's only three, four months into the season that I would say I don't I don't really rate. Things are not perfect. They never are with Sunderland, but better than they have been in a long, long time. And even coming in off the back of a defeat, it, it feels pretty positive. But the problem we've got with Sunderland is no matter how well things get put together, two or three defeats go a little bit like permacrisis. Um, but it feels like when we do get beat, we respond with two or three wins. And the reason we're stuck in this league, in my personal opinion, is not how many games we've lost. It's how many games we've drew. It became yeah. like a joke with Jack Ross getting one-one draws. We'd go one-nil down. We'd have a club back and get one-one. We'd go one-nil down, club back one-one. We'd score first. They would score near the end in the first season. Then Parkinson took over, and less said about that, the better. If I'm honest. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're saying, about draw, you're saying about draws. I mean, I was looking. I think there's only one draw so far this season. A sea of green, which you, green meaning a win, uh, and then just a couple of uh, red marks on the uh, on the, on the sheet, so to speak. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll touch Pretty on I'll, I'll touch on that um, that one 0 defeat at Charlton uh, on Saturday. Uh, was it? Did you deserve to be beat? Were, they, were you unlucky? How, how did it how did it pan out? Um. I don't think we deserve to lose, but I, I would be totally lying to myself if I said we deserve to win. It was Charlton um, historically have been quite a good team and they've always had something on us. Good team at this level um, when they, we've played against them. Uh, and I think Charlton came up with a game plan and a bit of a, a, you know, something under the, like a fire under their arse basically because the manager had been sacked um, and probably something to prove. And a bit of rough and tumble, obviously, Jaden Stockley. I know Charlton fans have denied it, but if anyone wants to go on my my Twitter page and who says it's not a headbutt from Jaden Stockley, have a little look. It definitely is. That got missed. And obviously Jaden Stockley gets sent off. He doesn't score the goal there down to 10 men first half. Um, certain decisions Johnson wasn't too happy with. And I'm not a fan of making excuses. I'm really not. And it really annoyed me last season with Johnson when he would use what I would classify as excuses. But I think there was reason to be aggrieved that we didn't at least get a draw on Saturday. There was a few things, in my opinion, that, that the headbutt. There was... The goal was it was a handball by Luke Nine. It didn't actually cross the line because he handballed it and there was also pushing the, the lead up to it. And for some reason, the ref blew for the push. The line's been flagged for the handball and then they give a goal, which I can't quite get my head around. And then it was probably should have been a penalty later on for, for Ross Stewart, which is a little bit more debatable. I would be on the fensive biased side and say it was definitely a penalty, of course. Um, but I think it was poor by our standards this season. And I think... Charlton are probably in a false position. And I think if I'm completely honest, Charlton played quite well and probably one of the better sides we've come up against this season. And a Charlton fan would say they deserve to win. I would say it probably should have been a draw. Yeah, I mean, on, on your current form uh, as well, I mean, your, your last five games, a bit mixed, um, three wins and and two defeats. And, and obviously you currently sit fourth, just two points off uh, off Plymouth for a top, but obviously you do have uh, two two games in hand over them, one being uh, the game on, on Tuesday against uh, against us. Um, I mean, are you... Are you pleased with uh, with how you are you playing so far this season? You can't be you can't be too disgruntled, surely sitting uh, sitting up there, uh, you know, a, a win on Saturday and you could go could go top. Yeah, I'm 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 really happy and we're on a good run in the cup. Obviously, that might change by uh, tomorrow because obviously we'll play QPR away and I think it's the it's the round of sixteen. So it's only a couple of games from Wembley as a League One club. So um, I mean, we'll probably get beaten now. I've said that, but. Um, <laughs> But we we've played well. I mean, there's games this season where you know there was times last season under Parkinson when we won a few games one nil, two one, and you were like, well, we're winning games, so it doesn't really matter if the performance is is not that great. But yeah, it's tailed off a little bit with a few defeats. But when I look at obviously the teams we've played, we we beat Wigan two one, then we beat MK Dons two one, we got beat off Burton, but we beat Wimbledon one nil, Wickham three one, Stanley two one, Bolton one nil, uh, Cheltenham five nil. We've beat teams that are like up and around us, which is probably the frustration that we've lost to the likes of outperformed Charlton, outperformed Portsmouth. The Burton game, we could have played for about seven months and never scored. It was just one of those games. I think they had one shot on target. We had about 11. It happens. Um, yeah, it's, it's, fun, general, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned mention that because quite a few uh, clubs that we've uh, that have spoken to or, or fans of clubs have said exactly the same thing, that 
the bigger clubs when they come up against those near the bottom of the league, the, the teams, like I said, no disrespect, but you, you expect to win. We, we seem to come unstuck, but we're the same. We've, we've beat Bolton 1-0. Uh, we've beat Wigan 2-1 as well. Uh, beat Rotherham yeah. 2-0. So, and then we come up against... Um, you know, Wimbledon it throw a two nil uh, two nil goal lead away. Um, you know, lose to Morecambe and, and things like that. And, and it sounds it sounds very 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 similar to be uh, to be fair. Um, I mean, who, who are the players that we that we need to look out for? I think you've mentioned mentioned one already in uh, in Ross Stewart. Look, I'm just looking. He's got nine goals so far this season. Would you say he's one to one to look out for? Oh, absolutely, and, and and the nice thing for once is that I can I can mention a few players. I mean, um, no disrespect to the likes of Charlie White, Max Power, um, players that kind of have been with us a lot of the time throughout the time we've been in League One, but we're just never quite, we're never a hundred percent happy with them. Even when Charlie White was going thirty-one goals, you were like, "There's something that's not quite right about him." Whereas I could probably wax lyrical about quite a few. There's some out of form. Um, I think a lot of people look towards, and obviously you'll know this man yourself, Aidan McGeady, and a yep, lot of people yep. look to Luke Nyan because obviously I think gradually his, his stock has grown, but they're, they're both really out of form, especially Nyan, and I'm, I'm a really big fan, but there's a bit of disgruntlement at his performances recently. McGeady's not really hit the levels that we're used to with McGeady. Is that a case of his legs are going, or is he coming back from an injury and he's not quite up to speed yet? I, I don't know. Um, but Ross Stewart has been dynamite um he's everything that we've wanted for ages he, he runs the channels he's i said uh, the lad at the match of the day i remember Kiefer Moore came up against us when we played barnsley and they beat us oh, no we beat them 4-2 sorry but Kiefer Moore was outstanding that night and i said you know that's the kind of kid you want to be looking at because he's he's at least lower level championship and he's that level and when i when i see ross stewart i think you know if we go up i've got no issues with him going up top but the the boy in the middle, um, our player of the year, had a poor game on Saturday by his standards, but Dan Neal, young boy, came through the academy. Um, we really wanted to see him given a chance last year because he looked good in the Pizza Cup games and stuff like that and obviously went on to win that. So he played a he played a part in that. But you kind of thought, well, maybe he's, you know, he's just not ready. Boy, is he ready. Um, what a player. Um, he's absolutely tremendous. And obviously Elliot Embleton's coming back from suspension by the time we play Chef Wed. I think he's back on Saturday for a game against Rotherham. Um, and Elliot's been excellent. He's, he's gone to Bol- uh, Bolton, gone to Blackpool even, um, got promoted, been outstanding for them, got first-team football under his belt and came back like a new player. So a good core of young players, but, you know, I'll, I'll pitch in a hole down to, to three. Um, Dan Neal, Ross Stewart and our left-back, Dennis Serkin's actually been really good as well. Um, so a lot, a lot, a, a lot of good performances for once. I'm, I'm quite happy with how things are going. But if we get beat off Rotherham on Saturday, then I'll retract all that statement and say that I hate <laughs> <Yeah>. them all. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, and, and what sort of what, you know? Um, you mentioned three of them there, but and what sort of formation is it that we're likely to see you uh, when you come to Hillsborough on Tuesday? I'd be really surprised if um, Lee Johnson changed from what he's had the season already. He's been going with a sort of a flat back four. We do an awful lot of stuff down the wings, um, an awful lot of it down the wings. We've got Carl Winchester, who's a midfielder, but randomly is the best right back that we've ever had in the world. Um, slight over-exaggeration there, but he's been all right. Um, he's played really well. So you'll have the likes of Winchester right back, Sirkin will go right, uh, left back, sorry. And you'll have Tom Flanagan and, and Callum Doyle from Man City, um, who've gotten loan, 17, 18-year-old kid, phenomenal. Early at the back, he plays with like a sort of a midfield two, and then you'll have a, a number 10, which will tend to be either Alex Pritchard or Embleton. I would assume Embleton 
um, when he's back from suspension. You'll have a, someone on the right, someone on the left, and then you're Ross Stewart down the middle running the like channel. A, like so, a, a four-two-three-one kind of kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically, mate. Yes. I mean, I, I said this on a, on all the preview shows that I do, but I've not we've not come against uh, up against any team that plays four-four-two anymore. I think it's absolutely dead in the water. That, I think we're just that age where we, we remember it, but it's actually it doesn't exist anymore. It, it doesn't, <laughs> does it? I've never ever seen anyone play four four two. It's just uh, it's it's mind boggling. Um, I, I mean, like what what sort of style of play? You said you'd like to play the ball down the down the channels. I mean, is is that kind of just you know every every week you, you play that? Is, is do you, um, does Lee Johnson like to mix it up a little bit, or is he just stick um, stick to his guns and, and play that same style of football? He wants to stick to his guns. I think I would like to see a bit of a plan B for certain games because Portsmouth, Charlton, potentially Burton, and well, definitely Portsmouth and Charlton. I think we lost the physical battle a little bit, and we've got a lot of young boys. You know, Callum Doyle's just turned 18, um, Serkin's just turned 19, um, Hoffman, our goalkeeper from Bayern Munich, we've got on loan. He's 20, I think, or 21. I've seen some of the saves that he's, he's pulled off, by the way, and he looks uh, right, he, he looks he looks a decent goalkeeper, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, he obviously no he has taught him well. Um but I think I don't think he'll change from it. I think he'll stick to it. And I think the way we tend to play, and a big reason that we struggled on that pitch at Portsmouth was that the the water was in the wing areas. Like yeah. and, and it felt like we couldn't didn't feel like we couldn't play a different way, but I felt like that was the game plan, and we went, well, "Oh, what, what now?" So I'm sure Lee Johnson has a plan A, B, and C because he's the most LinkedIn manager that you'll ever know, um, if you know what I mean by that. But he's, um, I imagine, when it comes to games against Sheffield, I, I know he's not like massively up there at the minute. I think he'll be there. They're about to come the end of the season. There's, there's probably far too much quality for this level. For you not to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. So I think you'll look to play our standard game and, and you know, go a little bit more. Um, I think it'll be an open game. And I, I think you'll enjoy that. He, he tends to go sometimes a little bit gung ho. I would like to see us be a bit tight at the back and a bit more physical, but you can't have everything, can you? Yeah, I mean, does, does he? I mean, we make changes every week, three and four changes. He's, he's changing the side almost constantly. Um, do you, does, you know, does Lee make many changes to his starting 11 or have you got a pretty much settled uh, settled side this season? I would say up until recently when we've had like a big raft of injuries, it's been fairly settled. But like recently we've had Lyndon Gooch has been out. McGeady only came back on Saturday after a few games layoff. Uh, Nathan Broadhead, who's was looked really good and then unfortunately got injured on loan from Everton. Um, Huggins, who we got from Leeds, is injured at the moment. So Corey Evans is always injured, uh, which we got warned about, but a good player when he's not. So I think he would like to keep a more settled squad with the occasional change, but there's been suspension with Embleton as well and all those injuries I mentioned before. He's He's been forced into probably more changes than he would like. I would assume if he's got more of a fit squad, he'll look to play what he thinks is his best 11 that he's got available that he would normally put on the pitch in, a, in any game. I don't think he'll change much. Yeah, I mean, um, how many fans are we expecting then on uh, on Tuesday night? Obviously, it is a Tuesday night. It's a bit of a bit of a trip, but uh, have yeah, you sold that's Tuesday? <laughs> I know. Obviously, it was supposed to be a Saturday, weren't it as well? Um, but it got postponed. But uh, yeah, the, are we expecting a big following from you from you boys? Yeah, I mean, you know, as always, like the last thing you want to do is blow smoke up your own um, fans' backside. But you know, we are good fans. Um, I think it's it's been known for a while that we'll we'll travel no matter what the. No matter what the score, we're all a little bit gutted that Chef Wed was on a not on a Saturday because one of our best away days we ever had was under the Roy Keane season when we beat you four two. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. 
tremendous day. I think we were 3-0 up with about two minutes to go and then he scored like two goals in the last minute or something and Kino absolutely lost it. But that was like the day when we were like, hang on a minute, we might get promoted here. He might have totally turned us around. So we've got good memories of, of going to Chef Wed. And I think obviously because it's Chef Wed, it's a big club. I think people wanted to go down. It's a great ground, good old ground as well. I think people wanted to go down, but I mean, we took 2,000 to crew last week. So... We'll get there where they're about sold out, I think, I imagine. There's enough There's enough of us that are daft enough to go down on a Tuesday night and just go to work in the morning after a few beers. So I would imagine close to sold out. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, before you uh, before you go, Graham, then uh, I just want a score prediction from you if I can. Can never back against your own team, can you? No. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible with predictions. I've got to be honest with you. I think I've got like five right in the past season on my own show. So don't, don't be uh, putting any money on whatever I say. But <laughs> let's try and go clever here. We're, we're good. We can score goals. We've got a team there, apart from on Saturday, of course, but we'll take that one away. Um, I think we score goals in every other game. So I think we can score goals, so I'll say two for us, but we can be a little bit, I wouldn't say susceptible at the back, but we are attacking. So occasionally, don't get as many clean sheets as we would probably like, so 2-1, I two think. One. It's, a safe, it's a safe bet, 2-1, and every, I think everyone goes 2-1. Safe. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. Super safe. Graham, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to come on uh, to the podcast. Um, no problem. Really, really appreciate it, and it's been nice to uh, nice to talk, uh, nice talking to you as well. Yeah, same to you as well, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's weird being in the guest seat as opposed to the hosting seat, but I've got to say I've enjoyed it, so thanks very much. Fantastic, great stuff. All right, cheers, Graham, and uh, yeah, cheers, all the best for uh, the rest of the season. You too, chap. Thank you very much. Cheers, Graham. Goodbye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.